Gyro Nation Meadow. Welcome back, everyone. Tonight, Allegiant will be playing with Horrify, Ridge, and Fall of Earth in Calgary, Alberta. Fall of Earth is the only band playing the show that I haven't yet featured on the podcast, and together, we thought it would be a cool idea to release this special episode on the day of the show. Fall of Earth is a relatively new progressive metal band hailing from Edmonton, Alberta, formed just before COVID temporarily destroyed the live music team. Fall of Earth will also be playing the Loudest Hell Festival, and this episode fits right into the countdown. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Alex Rye, the band's vocalist, and Brody Bauer, the band's bassist. And gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me on such short notice. Yeah, thank you. We're so pumped to be here, man. And like we chatted about just before the recording here, you guys are outside in gorgeous Edmonton and surprisingly not smoky. Yes, not smoky. Uh, I could smell it this morning, but no fires around here, so we're, we're, we're happy about that. Hoping for rain. It's not as far north as last time when it destroyed Fort Mac, is it? Or is it basically everywhere now? No, it's, it's, uh, it's just uh, west of, of uh, Edmonton and like south. Oh, okay. There's quite a few from what I understand. I haven't really kept up with it, but I just... There's, like a there's, always fires burning. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot this year. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But you guys haven't had to evacuate. I heard was it Stony Plain that had to be evacuated recently? Uh, Gr- Grand Prairie, I'm pretty sure. Drayton Valley and Lethbridge. Yeah, uh, Antwistle is where the fire happened. So it's like the main area that people had to leave. Oh, okay. I don't know if it's Smoky Plain or Stony Plain, rather. Sorry. Yeah, that's that's pretty close to Edmonton. Yeah. As we uh, kind of mentioned in the in the introduction here, so this episode is being recorded less than two weeks away from your show uh, with the Legion. Actually, I think it's only about nine days, nine or ten days. The show is on May 21st and 22nd. We'll then begin the From the Ashes tour, which is your Canadian tour spanning about six weeks. So what are some of the last-minute preparations you guys have to take care of before the tour begins, and is this your largest tour so far? So far, yes, this is our largest tour. We have some bigger ones planned for the future. We won't spoil yet, but... Uh, yeah, this will be the largest one to date. <laughs> Preparations include, uh, well, we've actually just finally got <laughs> taken the chance to write down all of our serial numbers for our equipment. <laughs> so that we have that because, uh, so, uh, you know, some places are too safe. But uh, other than that, you know, we just recently got a nice brand new trailer and uh, hooked that up. And because uh, uh, for the first two tours, we just used a U-Haul. Uh, so we finally got our own five by eight. We're, we're going to go ham on that. It's going to be really fun. Nice, that'll be awesome. And this is a very naive question, but as I do this podcast, I'm learning more and more about how the tours are put together. So the reason you have to write down your serial numbers for your instruments is probably for insurance purposes? Exactly, yeah. In case anything gets stolen. How do you go about getting your instruments insured? Like, obviously, there's a conversation with the company. Do you have to get everything appraised, or you just kind of tell them what you have? Yeah, pretty much. You just kind of tell them what you have, pretty much. Write down all the numbers and uh, the uh, general expenses, and then... You don't need your serial number for everything, like patch cables and XLRs and stuff, but the big stuff. Big stuff like amp guitars. Yeah. Yeah, like I've, I've already had a guitar stolen in the past, uh, but I had a, I had property insurance, the apartment I was leasing. So thankfully, I was able to cover it. I didn't have to go through like equipment insurance. I already had coverage for that. But it's, uh, it's a brutal process. It took like a year and a half. That's not surprising. Even like auto or house claims are brutal. Exactly. Did they give you much trouble, or was it just a slow process? It was a slow process. It was kind of hard to, like, figure out. So many back-and-forth emails. Things kept changing. I had, like, three different agents work for me, too. And then I had to restart the claim every single time. So you guys also went on tour earlier this year, which took place in February. Uh, you are hitting loud as hell as well. So what else do you have on the chopping block for this year? Like you said, you had a couple of tours. So are those all planned in, in stone, or are you just kind of throwing ideas around? Uh, so, yeah, we did tour in February and March. Um, and then for the future, we got... Well, this tour coming up uh, end of May for six weeks, and then we have a fall tour. 
that one will be longer. And then next year we're looking at international tours. Nice. That's awesome. You guys have really good goals set out in your, it looks like you're achieving them with quick succession. Yeah. Yeah. We just got to keep rolling tour relentlessly, you know? No doubt. I find that some bands, actually, I just talked to um, the Convalescents the other day. Their touring schedule is insane. And I can't believe that they've been on the road basically for as long as they have been. Yeah, some dudes just that's that's what that's where they thrive. They just want to be on the road. Mm -hmm. Well, which band did you say? The Convalescents, and they're playing just before Jungle Rot on Sunday. Yeah, uh, I checked them out. They're like a deathcore band, right? Yeah, and they have a corpse paint, which I thought was really unique because you don't have a lot of yeah. a lot of deathcore. I've seen those pictures. That. No, they're wicked, man. They're actually one of the bands I'm really excited to playing with. And you guys are playing um, Friday or Saturday? Uh, Sunday. Oh, Sunday. Sunday oh, yeah. even better. Yeah. So, have you guys been to Loud as Hell before? Uh, no, we haven't been to Loud as Hell. Nice. So was this yeah, none of us. your first time submitting then, or did you guys try last year? That's our first time, right? Yeah, not first time. What are you most looking forward to? I'm uh, most looking forward to just, like, meet, because one of the best things about being in, in, in a band is the amount of people that you get to meet, and just networking, and just hundreds of people at, at Loud as Hell, but probably thousands, so I'm looking forward to meeting everybody. It'll be a good time. Like, last year was my first metal fest, and I went by myself, and everyone was super welcoming, and I ended up being adopted essentially by... Chris and Caliber, so I hung around it there for a little <laughs> while, and I met quite a few other people there. All great. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Crimson Caliber's dope. Yeah, they're super nice. You know, just like last year, and I've mentioned this already before during a couple podcasts, but I wasn't familiar with a lot of the lineup. Like there was a few, there were a few bands here and there that I was familiar with, but just like last year, I didn't really know what to think. So as I started going through more of the bands, I found out that there's a lot of talent, and that's actually how I came across you guys. Okay. Yeah, there's uh, even just in Alberta alone, there's. So many dope bands, uh, really cool guys. I mean, I like, uh, I'm wearing a local shirt right now, Hooker Spit. They're from Red Deer. They're a really cool band. I met them last year at Loud as Hell. They were super nice guys. And uh, so far I have a recording lined up with them, but I'm not, I don't like saying anything just in case it doesn't happen, but these guys are pretty chill, so. They are, they are. They're super sweet guys. Every time we go play there at the VAT, uh, we, we, we go hang out with them and they're just like a totally rowdy bunch of dudes. They were fun to party with, that's for sure. Oh, for sure. 100% they are. <laughs> they are the party band right here. You also mentioned that you were looking forward to seeing quite a few bands play. So who are some of those bands? And are you guys staying the whole weekend? Yeah, we'll, we'll be there the whole time during uh, Loud as Hell. Just having a great time. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Jungle Rod. I actually didn't even hear of them or know about them until I found out we were playing with them. I know they're a big band. Uh, uh, Call me ignorant, but I listened to them and they're really cool. So I'm excited to see them. Yeah, you can be ignorant all you want, but there's almost an unlimited sea of talent and so I don't know I think that the whole cliche like oh you haven't heard of these guys is kind of stupid because there's a lot of fucking good bands yeah there's a lot it's like impossible yeah I barely even remember my own name so remembering <laughs> like the 10 million metal bands there are no thanks <laughs> exactly and a lot of the names keep getting more and more complicated too like do you know the band I'm not even gonna bother to try to pronounce it but the band that made Dick So for Harambe uh, I know of the band, but I don't know what they're called. I, I've, I know it's ridiculous. Song. It's like over 40 letters. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. I love it. It's insane. That's gotta love Deathcore for that reason. <laughs> you guys have also shared the stage with other bands playing Loud as Hell, so Hooker Spit being one of them, Arrival of Autumn, Sionis, Balragoth, which I believe is playing the kickoff party, and Juliet Ruin. So have you played yes. with Orify before, or was your interview on Trash Talk the first time you met? And I know you guys responded on Facebook, but I just saw that right before we started recording. Right, yeah, we've met... We've met Nate from Horrify a bunch of times. He's a good buddy, and he's uh, helped promote our shows in the past, too. 
Um, so we're looking forward. We haven't seen his band play though, so we're looking forward to that because they're they're awesome. I actually really like their style of music. They've got a lot of great energy, and that was my first time last year seeing them live too. And they, at least I thought they did very well. They weren't really happy with it. So there wasn't big time Nate. All right. Yeah, he's a big ball of positivity. That guy. Oh yeah, love Nate. And it's gonna be cool seeing some of the bands you've played with before being selected for the same metal fest as you guys, since nobody really knows who's playing the fest until the lineup is announced. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We we uh we didn't really know. And nobody told us who was <laughs> who was going to be playing. So the announcement came just the same as everybody else. We just watched it live and watched all the names get drawn. And it was really cool to see how many bands we know on that list. Yeah, like there were some I knew about before because they were like, "Are you playing? I'm playing." Just don't tell anyone, right? But but a lot of that was a surprise, and it's a lot of familiar faces. Yeah, especially pumped for uh, Eye of Horus. Yeah, because we're good buddies with the guitarist in that band. I was interested in them, in, in them a few years ago when they came out with their album, and I hadn't really seen much since, so I'm really excited to see them live. I don't think I was ever, looking back, I don't think I ever knew that they played, or when they played, I guess. I must have missed it, but I'm stoked that they're coming out with new music too. They don't play much, so when they do play, you gotta go see them. <laughs> they're worth the cash. Yeah, they're sick. So last year, one of the things that was really cool on, on uh, or sorry, at Loud as Hell here was Carcosa invited Jesse Grace from Cosm on stage, for you guys, do you have any plans to bring a guest musician on stage for a lot of stuff? We don't, no. Just going to be playing our stuff. Our set's probably pretty short. It's probably just like 30 minutes, so... Mm, fair enough. And you're probably no collabs this year. <laughs> yeah. You guys are going to be playing songs from both albums then? Probably, yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely be playing. Uh, a good mix, yeah. Mostly heavy, I assume, because it's a, it's a metal fest. <laughs> you know what? There were some lighter bands there last year, and uh, one that stuck up for me was Flashback one of the actually they're from calgary so stoner doom metal and they were really nice to listen to in the morning like it was it's obviously not as heavy or chaotic as grindcore or deathcore death metal all that stuff so it was kind of nice to just you know have breakfast and listen to them have breakfast and listen to stoner <laughs> metal yeah i do i like that i'm a fan of the stoner rock stuff mono lord are they like stoner metal sorry I think so. you know mono mono lord no i don't know them oh you should look them up they're cool You'll, you'll you'll dig that. <laughs> yeah, they're not a they're not a huge band, but they 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 make some really cool stuff and and they do they do kind of have that slow stoner type of vibe. All their riffs are really chunky. They're 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 really cool. If I'm looking Beat. at the right one, is this uh, is this the band that you're talking from Sweden? I'm pretty sure they're Swedish. Yeah. Okay, I'll definitely take a look yep. at them after this uh, after the recording. And you guys released your latest album earlier in late April. Like was it April 21st from the Ashes? Yeah, bingo. What were some of the elements of your music that you wanted to focus or build upon from your previous self-titled release in 2020? So I think a good way to describe it, we've always had a dynamic between like lighter sections and heavier sections, right? Sometimes we go like more like progressive, mellow death, crash, that type of stuff. And some of our stuff is straight up alternative or like hard rock. Uh, but I feel like our clean stuff got a lot tighter and, and cleaner and our heavier stuff just got heavier. I like the new album. I was listening to it not too long ago and I think you guys are progressing at a steady pace and doing like I don't want to, obviously the first album wasn't bad but I'm I think you nailed it on the second one like you kind of pick up in every every facet yeah we were a lot more experimental I feel on the first album and now we're just kind of more <clears throat> honing in on our own sound like we're still we're still trying to make stuff that stands out and is like different than a lot of stuff that we have today um but we kind of know what we want to do now like we have a better idea of who we are and what we want to sound like while keeping that same level of diversity within our sound. Totally. 
that takes time too. Like being together for a little while as a band, it, it gets better with time. And if you have the steady lineup, you get to know each other a little bit more. You get to know what what musical direction each of you guys want to take, and obviously what you're bringing to the table as well. Exactly. So it's be a whole different ballgame this time around, actually being able to tour and properly promote your album because it's not been destroyed by COVID. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much COVID was just uh, our writing period as a band, which wasn't necessarily a bad thing because that's all we had to focus on. And so we just really practiced our asses off day in and day out writing music. Uh, that's That was our focus. And also growing social media and just getting our name out there and then releasing music. It's pretty much all we could do. We only played two shows before COVID happened. But we were also one of the first bands back to playing shows once everything lifted up. Did you guys have anything cancelled because of COVID or were you kind of in the limbo, uh, limbo stage anyways? I don't think we had any shows lined up uh, coming up to COVID. Yeah, uh, Ryan was talking about having us do that industry health show, but it was never confirmed. It was supposed to be like May 2020. And then when they did like the first start back up in like the end of 2021, no, the end of 2020, we had one planned, but then we had it back out of that. And that was because of COVID too. Yes. It's good that you didn't have like a full tour planned or anything like that, but it still sucks that you couldn't perform for two years. Yeah, yeah, we were we were so new that I don't think we would have even been able to have made a tour by that by that point because we had only we uh, only formed in 2019, so mm -hmm. we had to we had to find our way first and, and write write enough songs to be able to even tour in the first place. So in that regard, at least COVID had helped you out a little bit because you were able to focus solely on the music and then put out something incredible. Exactly. Yeah. Considering the lack of live performances and then obviously other struggles across the board during the height of COVID, how was this release compared to your last and especially in regards to um, like the reception? And I guess with that, I mean, like, was it easier to kind of advertise during COVID or is it or do you find it exploding more now that live music is back? I think it's definitely uh, um, been received uh, a lot more broadly uh, for a, a number of factors, mostly just because we've been around for a much longer time. And so we've had a lot of that time to, to build our following and get out there, play music, meet people, show them what we're all about. Uh, and so there was that aspect. And then there's also the aspect of getting our names on uh, other forms of media, getting album reviews and whatnot. We uh, kind of didn't do much of that for the first album, so we didn't have much media support for that. Like we, uh, we did some of those playlists that you can like buy it for features on, uh, but I think most of them are scams. They shot us up to like, like 15,000 monthly listeners on Spotify and then the month later it dropped back down to like 80 or 100 and we're like, yeah, I don't think those are real people. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if it's like a bot farm where they just have a bunch of phones around and they basically hit a bunch of plays on it or something. Because I've seen pretty, that with a couple other much. bands where it goes to thousands and then like you said, it drops substantially. Yeah, and that's completely worthless. That's not, there's no listener retention there, so it's kind of a waste. You just kind of have to do it the old organic way and go out and and, and play the shows and get like actual media coverage. Just kind of let people discover you organically. Yeah, if you get like 15,000 streams on something, but not a single person saves it, either your music sucks or those are not real. <laughs> Fair enough. So you can actually tell then when somebody saves your music versus just streaming it? Yeah, yeah. well, uh, not necessarily saving songs, but like if they follow your Spotify page and, and you could just see like listener retention, uh, because they give you analytics on all the streaming platforms and we could see how many monthly listeners we have, how many streams we're getting and compare them. And, and basically that tells us how, how much listener retention we have. You actually can see how many saves you have on the artist app for oh. Spotify. Oh, interesting. Okay. 
as we touched on before, you guys are starting everything off here with the Legion, and that in itself is impressive. So where would you be hitting when you go across Canada? And I know that there's a post on Instagram, but for some people who are just listening or just finding out about your band, um, I just want to throw a few dates or locations in there. Sure, yeah. So uh, on this tour, we only have one BC date. We're going to Cranbrook, BC. We've been there once before. Awesome place. And then we're headed back into Alberta for uh, Lethbridge and Medicine Hat. I think maybe one other place. Uh, and then we're doing Regina. And then we're doing uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba. And then we're doing lots of places in Ontario, including Toronto. Uh, we're there for Canadian Music Week. We're playing Indie Night in Canada at the Elma Combo. Uh, and then a bunch of places all over Ontario. We're hitting a couple places in Quebec, a couple places in uh, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick. And then we're headed back to Manitoba. <laughs> Oh, uh, Brandon. Brandon, Manitoba, yeah. And then I think we're headed back home after that, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. And then, like you guys had said a couple times already, you have more planned for this uh, year and the next. So if you guys are being missed by Fall of Earth, then you might have a chance during the next couple tours. Oh, oh, definitely, 100%. yes. This year you'll have a chance. If you miss this tour, you'll have a chance on the next one, yeah. <laughs> for sure. This one's got about 30 shows on it. And the next one, don't know how many, but it'll be more. So you'll definitely have a chance. <laughs> When I was taking a look at your guys' social media, it says you guys are playing with uh, quite a few different bands. So who are some of the bands that you'll be playing with, and are, are there any that are touring with you? No, no bands are touring with us. Uh, there's so many. Do you know Can you name? A I know some of them. So I know in uh, High River we're playing with, where's the High Level? High River Brewing. Right? High River, yeah. In High River we're playing with A Mile West, which is from uh, Calgary. And, um, and uh, Lynx too, right? And Lynx also from Calgary. They're like a glam metal band. We played with them before. They're really cool. And uh, Revan Kissed in Lethbridge. Um, we're playing with uh, these friends we have from Halifax called Bloodprint. We actually, we both started our bands at the same time, like back in 2019. And we we're kind of like Instagram buddies. But they're on the other side of Canada. So we never met them before. We just chat with them all the time. And we found out we're going to the province. We're like, hey, we should set something up. Yeah, I'm super excited to meet these guys. It's going to be fun. It'll be like seeing old friends. You guys have already been chatting for years. Exactly, exactly, right? yeah. It's like when people meet their Xbox friends, like, after, like, years of playing. <laughs> I used to question, like, when I was uh, quite a bit younger, whether that was kind of real friendship, but, like, if you met somebody online and interacted with them over years. And when I was younger, I didn't think so, but thinking about it, I mean, if that's how you interact with your friends, it's still a friendship. It doesn't matter if they're there in person. Totally. Yeah, I got a I got a couple of buddies from different countries. Just met them either like they discovered the band and we just started chatting, or they just like metal and somehow we found each other one way or another and just shoot the shit with them every once in a while. It's 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 really cool. It's a really cool thing right now that you can be basically friends with anyone across the world, regardless of like time zone or language spoken. Especially with what we can do online, games, chats, obviously social media stuff like this, even the podcast. That's the beauty of globalization, baby. <laughs> Gotta love it. There are definitely I was gonna say that's the beauty of Google Translate. Translate. <laughs> as we touched on earlier as well, so Edmonton has some great bands. Are there any local bands that you've taken inspiration from? Um, I, I guess uh, when I first started, when we started the band, we didn't have a very, uh, we didn't really know any local musicians. We weren't like super in touch with the local scene. That only happened after COVID because we didn't have really any contact with anybody from other bands because we weren't playing shows with them really. So I'd say our we didn't really take influences from any, anything local, no. And this is kind of a stereotypical question, but you guys, since you guys are so new, I like to ask, how did the band start and how did you choose your musical direction? Uh, basically, uh, we were all friends. Uh, I met Brody right after grade 10. Uh, we worked at a theater together. 
And uh, I knew he played guitar and he knew I sang, but we never really tried to do anything for years. Uh, just never really like thought about it. And Brendan had actually been drumming with our drummer since they were children, like 10 years old. Uh, and so I, I had heard of, of, of Brendan before. And uh, he just said, why don't we all just get together and have a jam? Because I sing, he plays guitar, he plays drums. Uh, so we got together and we jammed uh, some Foo Fighters. <laughs> we played Everlong. That was the first song we ever played together. Uh, and, and from there on, we were basically like, hey, I mean, we've got some material we want to write, so let's get together and do that. And we didn't have a bassist for like a couple months. Uh, and we just ran into our bassist, Aaron, at the gym. Uh, he actually didn't play bass at the time. He played classical guitar. But it kind of translates well because it's a lot of finger picking. And so we uh, gave him a shot and he just picked up the bass and learned right from there. And he was really good. Did you know from the get-go that you wanted to incorporate both clean and death, or clean vocals and death growls? No. Uh, basically, when, when we started the band, I didn't know how to scream. So it just naturally naturally started off with, uh, with clean vocals. And then I said, well, if we're going to be metal, I better learn how to scream. So I, I learned and then we were kind of like thinking in our heads, like scratch our heads, like, hmm, that's kind of cool how we have songs with cleans, songs with screams, and let's try to combine the two. And that's kind of just how it, it just was by chance that, this, that we formed this type of hybrid genre. When did you guys get into your respective instruments? And just for the record, like Alex, I think vocals are an instrument. That's what you used to play, essentially. So, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I have no... I have no uh, teaching like I never took vocal lessons or anything like that uh, I'm basically just one of those guys who uh, I have like a fam like a background history of my family singing and playing music and I loved singing sang in my car or wherever I could basically uh, Brody's been shredding since he was like came out of the womb basically <laughs> literally how long have you been playing guitar for dude yeah I think when I was like around six I was jamming on my dad's guitar he taught me like a few of the basics like smoke on the water uh, songs like that um, and I, I like fucked around the, with the guitar for a little bit. My brother gave me some pointers too. Then maybe when I was like eight or nine, I was getting really into it. I didn't know what I was doing, but I locked myself in my room and just jammed for hours. And yeah. then I, um, I accidentally discovered the song Master of Puppets on my brother's iPod because I had like steal it for my bus ride to school. I was just obsessed with that. And then I got into metal afterward and took guitar more seriously. What are some of the genres that you guys gravitate towards now? Go ahead, bro. So for myself, I, I, I've always loved progressive metal. Bands like Dream Theater, uh, Between the Buried and Me, Black Crown Initiate, Gorod. Like, I guess more like the progressive death metal type of stuff. Um, I'm a sucker for anything that has a really tight groove. Oops, sorry, did that cut off? Or... No, that was good for me. Okay. Um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a sucker for anything that has a tight groove. I like a lot of thrash. Uh, my favorite brand, uh, band is Gojira. Anything that sounds like that, I'm, I'm big into. And I like non-metal genres, too. I actually like a lot of hip-hop as well. Yeah, I uh, pretty much didn't listen to metal until um, like a year before we started the band. Brody just showed me Cannibal Corpse. He showed me I Come Blood, and I thought it was hilarious. So <laughs> I just started digging more into metal. Uh, when I grew up, I listened to a lot of grunge, grunge music, so maybe you might hear some of those influences in our music, maybe, with the clean vocals a little bit. Um, but now I'm like, I listen to the heaviest metal out of anybody in the band. I, I like Deathcore and Slam, I like Infant Annihilator and uh, Bloodbath, Alkaloid and Black Dahlia Murder. All good choices. Brody, I do have to apologize, though, because in, in the introduction, I realize now that I said bassist, and when we were talking about uh, your guitar and 
Aaron being the bassist. That completely reminded me, so I do apologize for that. No worries, man. <laughs> I was just gonna roll with it anyway. <laughs> I appreciate that, but next time you can totally check me. Sounds good, man. <laughs> Honestly, you were only two strings off, so I wasn't too mad. You didn't say, like, piano or something, so... The keyboardist, yeah. <laughs> that would be cool, though. So, Alex, I've noticed in recent pictures, and, and forgive me if this is like an ignorant question, but, and obviously just sitting right in front of me, there are some, either some makeup or a tattoo on your face. I'm guessing it's a tattoo. They're tattoos, okay, yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Also, um, my assumption with that is there's some sort of cultural significance. So if there is one, do you mind explaining that a little bit? Sure. Yeah, they're, they're traditional Inuit tattoos. I'm uh, Nunat Tukovit, which is uh, South Inuit Métis. Uh, and so these tattoos I actually got uh, for, well, this one specifically is a, a male tattoo. It's a warrior or a hunter gets it for protection. Uh, and I got it for protection on the road while we're touring. Uh, more of a modern uh, purpose <laughs> in that in that sense. Uh, and then these ones are actually typically only girls get them. But uh, my grandmother never got a chance to uh, reclaim that part of the culture before she passed. So I got them in honor of her and uh, my mother and my sister. That's really cool. So when did your family move down to Alberta? Uh, they moved down here uh, when my mother was born or just before my mother was born. Uh, so. I've been here my whole life in Alberta. Yeah. Do you keep in touch with a lot of people, um, and a lot of people, a lot of your family from back home? I have a lot of family back home, and I do keep in touch with them. Uh, I do have a sort of a music legend that lives over there that I'm related to. His name is Lloyd Gowdy. He makes a lot of uh, folk music about uh, trapping and living in Labrador. That's really cool. But he recently he recently passed, so RIP. He was a good guy. I noticed that, and sorry to hear that. I noticed in a lot of your pictures as well that you have basically whether it be like earrings, jewelry, or clothing that's native inspired, or not even native inspired, just straight up with native design. One thing I think is really cool about that is you're bringing a lot of color to the um, metal scene, which is over overall black. So are you guys going to continue that into your merch line? Uh, big time, actually. We just kind of discussed that. That's funny that you say that. Uh, we do have a lot of different uh, new colors coming out for the summer, especially because it's going to be summer, right? Uh, so we don't. We totally want to embrace that. We even got some pink stuff coming. <laughs> pink is a dope color. And uh, I also talked about recently uh, incorporating indigenous designs into our into our merch. So that's that's definitely something that's on the way. Uh, and you can probably catch that on the next tour, not this one, but we do have some pretty cool new merch coming out with this one too, actually. What do you guys have planned for Loud as Hell? If there's anything special or unique. Uh, get drunk. That's special. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we're just basically going to go down there and just talk to every human being that's there. Oh, it's <laughs> just, a great place, man. I had nothing but good it is, last year. I, I know it's going to be amazing. Oh, and you know what is special? The Dinosaur Museum. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's yes, great. Last year I went so cool. um, by myself on what would be the Saturday. Yeah, so I showed up the Friday. Saturday I went to the museum. So I ended up just, like, going in by myself, walking around, and then somebody tapped me on my shoulder. They turned around. It's a buddy from work who also happened to take that day off, and he was there with his entire family. It was really strange. <laughs> That's amazing. Small world. I find that we just run into people now that we're on tour who, like, we know all the time. It's so weird. I'm like, what are you doing here, dude? <laughs> you're, like, you're like 500, 600 kilometers away from home. What are you doing here, man? <laughs> and it just happens to be on that same night at that exact same time. Exactly, exactly. Such a coincidence. It's so cool, though. For people who are unfamiliar with your music, where's the best place to find it for you? Uh, so, you know, obviously Apple Music and Spotify, also YouTube. Uh, we go through DistroKit, so it's basically on anything you can imagine. Uh, Amazon Music. Uh... Uh, we're on MySpace and Roblox, too. The Wii Shop channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's Akon's, like, music platform? 
No, uh, are you thinking of Jay Z? Oh, Jay Z's uh, yeah. title. Yeah, we're on title too. <laughs> Which one was Kanye West, and is that still out? I have no idea. I've I've never used it. Yeah, I, I've, I've heard of it. I've only ever used Apple Music. I'm not sure if he actually came out with one or if he was just thinking about it. But I, I thought it was ridiculous. So like I'm just gonna play music solely on my platform. It's like okay, well, have fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. That's what he was gonna do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good money grab, but I'll pass. Seems like a weird money decision. And when you're talking about merch, that's one way I definitely wouldn't go. I've seen bands with um, with a lot of strange, not strange things necessarily, but everything from obviously like face masks, hot sauce, beard oil. Do you guys have any inter anything interesting coming up in your merch line like that? Uh, well, we do sell grinders. Not a lot of bands sell grinders. Uh, we what else do we have? That's nothing too weird. We just nothing too weird. No, yeah, well, for <laughs> a while, um, our our good friend Jack gave us a big box of rolling papers. Nice. So if someone would buy like a grinder or something, we'd throw in like a pack of rolling papers for them too. That's cool. Yeah. They don't say Fall of Earth on them, but it's still like a little novelty, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, we just sell like uh, shirts, baseball tees, tanks, uh, sweaters, sweatpants, patches, CDs. That's cool. I like the different unique uh, ideas that bands are coming out. And again, going back to the convalescence, they have like something like trading cards for each of their members and stuff like that. So it was really cool <laughs> to see if... Well, I had to ask if they were going to put it into a trading card game, and they said they thought about it, but they ended up not. <laughs> I'd love to have a Pokemon card of myself. <laughs> that was so sick. You used to be able to tell you made it just by becoming an action figure, but now I think it's in different things like that. Oh, that's cool. I would love to do that. I don't know how I feel about making myself into an action figure. It sounds uh, kind of uh, ego bloating. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be pretty cool, though, I think. Anyways. It'd be cool. Maybe if you just made one, and you didn't tell anyone. Like a limited edition? <laughs> just auction yeah. it off. Exactly. Or yeah. like one of those like pop figures, like the bobbleheads. Yeah, that'd be rad. Word, yeah. A lot of bands are doing stuff like that too, or even board games. It's quite, it's quite interesting. And Iron Maiden has their their video game too. Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, that's right. Iron Maiden has that. Metallica has a Monopoly game. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah, I played it. It was alright. It seems like bands are kind of forced to, to do basically anything and everything under the sun just because of different things like obviously inflation costs and then stuff like venue charges to your merch. Yeah, big time. Have you guys experienced that a lot yet, or is this just something you're starting to understand? Um, we don't, uh, we haven't, I know venues charging out the Blazoo is a big thing in the UK right now. We haven't really experienced that too much ourselves. Uh, uh, luckily, we've when we tour, we've actually been fortunate to uh, profit off of the tours, which is great. It's really nice. So uh, hopefully, you know, knock on wood, that continues. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we haven't had too many challenges with... Uh, like merch like, Merch cuts or venues uh, charging out the ass for stuff like that. It's been pretty fair, and we like to keep it that way. And same with like uh, letting the opener bands like you know work for their work for their ticket sales, and then they get a bigger cut. If you don't work for your ticket sales, then you shouldn't get a bigger cut. That's something that I think should be implemented for, for, for some bands because I mean it's important for local bands to like try to get themselves out there too. They're smaller. I think my phone might die any second. I apologize, but no if you want us to run to the if you want us to run to the charger, we can. It's just over there in my van. You know what? If you guys want to cut it off now and then we can chat some other time in the future, I'm totally cool with that. And either way, we can catch up at Loud as Hell. Actually, even before that, on the 22nd. On the 22nd, you want to chat? Yeah, that's when we play. No, I mean uh, when you guys Calgary. play Allegiant, I'll be there to watch you guys. Oh, you'll be there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh yeah, because you're from Calgary, right? Yeah. Cool man. Yeah. So like I Don't said, um, well, like we chatted on Facebook there. You guys, um, so I've already interviewed Greg Burgess from Allegiant, I had Nate and Joel on from Horrify, I had Jorge from Witch, and you guys were the, the missing link there, so I'm glad the random dude hyped up on Facebook and said, we need to nice. try that. So.
You got them all, dude. Yeah, it's going to be a sick show. I'm so pumped for it. Allegiance, such a technical, crazy band. So I'm excited to just meet them. And they sound like they're pretty cool guys. Yeah, I've actually, I've been listening to the band for years. So when we heard we got offered to play with them, I was just astonished, like beyond stoked about that. And I think that's wicked. You got to interview Greg. That guy's an insane guitarist. Yeah, and he's incredibly friendly. Like just one of the most humble men I've ever met. Actually, I think a lot of my guests are pretty damn humble, but... Metal people, they're just, they're just chill guys. Yeah. They're chill people. It's a great crowd to be a part of. It is. It's surprisingly chill for the music that they, that they, that they haven't played. Alright, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I believe their phone just died. So we will cut the podcast here, and we will see you guys next time. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next time on Gyro Nation Metal. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. The podcast can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you would like to support this podcast, please consider checking out my Patreon. Thank you.